What's going on, all you constant listeners out there in the multiverse? You're listening to the Earth-16 Comics Wire podcast, and I am your host, Brian from Earth-16. And in this episode, we are going to travel to the alternate world and take a look at the graphic novel, SideQuest. What is going on, all you constant listeners out there in the multiverse? It's been a while, and I hope that all of you had a great Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving was good, but it was almost a Thanksgiving that never was. And what I mean by that is that, ladies and gentlemen across the multiverse, well, I had what you would call, or what the medical docs would call a bowel obstruction. So basically, picture, the, picture this. I don't want to gross you out too much, though, but basically... What was going on in my stomach was the fact that the intestine was bent and think of it like a hose being bent and water's trying to come out, but it can't. That's what was going on with my digestion, you know, my digestive system. And it was not good for business. It did not feel good. I was in pain. I was practically screaming and my sister, God bless her, took me to the hospital. I mean... I was so happy that she was able to take me to the hospital while I was in pain and, you know, I couldn't eat. I couldn't, you know, I have a tube stuck up my nose so that way it can, the passage can go through and I had to go in for an abdominal surgery. So although I was able to produce this episode on YouTube, I could not produce the audio versions due to a busy schedule and dealing with this condition. But luckily for me, um, this happened a week before the Thanksgiving holiday and the doctors and the nurses at the Mayo Clinic were really awesome. They were totally great. Um, I um, had the surgery and right now I'm currently recovering, not quite 100%, but you know, I was totally better off than I was a couple of weeks ago. And right now they have me eating a low fiber diet, which means I can't have any I can't, I can't have too many vegetables unless if they're parade or cooked. So I have to, I can only have certain foods. Like I can still have eggs. I can still eat meat. You know, I can still have a good cereal or two, but I can't have like too much raw stuff that's full of fiber. But, you know, right now I'm, I'm happy to be back, to be back and producing this podcast once more, giving you awesome content. Um, I hope to be presenting more content. And I'm actually planning on doing a series where I just talk about comic creators. Um, and I'm going to call it basically the Earth-16 Comics Wire Creator Series. So I'm just going to educate or give my take on comic creators by doing some research on them. So you're going to probably hear about the greats like Will Eisner, Grant Morrison, um, and some others on the list. And I'll just be doing like commentary and giving you my take on them. And just from research, I mean, it's a really fun project that I always want to do. I'm really excited about doing it. So yeah. So anyway, onto the podcast episode. 
So in this latest episode, I spoke to Grant Stoying, or as Larry Rassicott would put it, Stoy, 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 on his comic SideQuest, which is on Kickstarter. Grant and I spoke about what went into creating SideQuest and the inspiration behind the comic. We also talked about the rise of the independent comics industry in the era of the COVID-19 pandemic. And SideQuest to me is a story that all of us, especially those of us who enjoy reading comic books or all things geekdom, can read. You know, we, we can all relate to this story. I mean, whether we read comics, do cosplay, um, play, um, you know, play like uh, tabletop games or video games, we can all relate to the main character in this comic or the supporting characters. It's basically on how we cope with the rigors of the everyday that are thrown at us. Personally, I think that when you read the comic, you're going to say, and I guarantee you, you're going to say, yeah, that's me. All right. And like I said, it's not just with the main character, um, Derek or Derek. It's um, I've seen it with the supporting characters of this graphic novel as well. And in addition to SideQuest, it was also lettered by Tobin Rassicott and illustrated by the aforementioned Alara Rassicott, who have been on the show for so many times and they're great guests and they've basically become family or at least they make me feel that way. And Grant has also given me that, me that aura too. So that, I mean, it was a really great um, interview. Um, we had a great chat. Um, I hope you enjoy this um, chat. Um, and so without further ado, let's travel to the world of Grant Stoy's side quest. <laughs> our podcast. I'm your host, Brian Vert 16 And my guest for today, or for tonight, I should say, is um, comic writer Grant Stoy. Is that how you pronounce your name? Yeah, that's better than most on their first time pronouncing it out loud. Cool, man. <laughs> so this is Grant Stoy. Um, he is the um, writer behind SideQuest. Um, and Grant, welcome to the podcast. How you been? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, so we're going to get into the comic. Um, I actually got the chance to read it, and I have to say, it's a it's a really awesome comic. It's uh, I feel like it's a comic that can that really is a mirror to our lives, um, and also it's a, it's like a I feel like it's sort of like a it's like a true story of geeks almost. Like it's just like <laughs> a typical day of a geek. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I started out uh, like writing it at the job I didn't like. So I figured that was a, as good as a jumping off point as any, and it just I, like I, it draw me back to uh, when I play D and D and just to get away from, uh, you know, just everyday pressures and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a whole lot of that in the comic too, and I was like, wow, like I can really relate to the character of the name of Derek, which we'll get into in just a sec, and like just the whole idea of escapism, I think, and just how. The everyday mundane, you know, just how it just really hits us really hard. And it's just, we need that escape because sometimes we're fatigued, we're frustrated. And just, um, you know, the everyday life and, and all that. Yeah. And what we try to, to examine escapism with is it's not always like easy street. It's a two-way, it's a two-edged sword because you can get away from everything. That's great. But you still have to go back and, and get your, your poop in a group. That's right. And uh, it's funny, like kind of a little unrelated, though, but it kind of reminds me of like, you know, what you just said kind of reminds me of this episode, um, Little Trash TV. I um, when I was a kid, I used to watch like these court shows 
mm-hmm. and like Judge Judy. Um, I think this one was like I forgot what this one was though, but you know, it was about this guy who who just wanted to party and like, you know, <laughs> get with his girl and all that all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, his girl was so fatigued, and then like he was just like I think it was divorce court. I want to say. And, well, it certainly sounds like it might be yeah. in that ballpark. And, like, basically he was, like, you know, he, he was just talking about, like, oh, I want to party. I don't want to, you know, do this and that, you know. But then, like, the bailiff actually had a, you know, after, you know, the proceeding, he didn't, he and his wife didn't really, you know, divorce. They were still together, though. But his, the bailiff kind of talked him down and said, like, look, man, you got to have, you know, priorities, dude. Like, you can do those things, but you got to have priorities, Oh, yeah, especially it seems like with the last two years, getting your priorities in in order is just tantamount to living a uh, non-horrible life every day. Yeah, especially with the pandemic and everything, with how Mm -hmm. things have been going. Oh, yeah, I can't can't imagine just, like, having to do this another year, because two years seems more than enough. Yeah, man. (laughs) God, to say working from home is a really, you know, it's a cool benefit. Oh, absolutely. Can you imagine having to, like, go back to an office? I feel real bad for people that have to go back in once they've gotten a taste of, like, how easy and how nice it is to work from home. Yeah. So, um, going into SideQuest, what can you tell me about the comic? Uh, Yeah, it is uh, basically looking at escapism through the lens of sword and sorcery, Dungeons and Dragons kind of stuff. And it, is, it follows the adventure of Derek, uh, who meets up with his adventuring party, who are all, if this was D&D, their character sheets would be way higher than his, uh, which I, I thought would be kind of a fun juxtaposition, because he may have the, the spitfire to get through stuff, but he's, he's just not good at things that they are, so he has to kind of follow them around. And as they are enlisted on a couple missions, you see things that start to establish a pattern of what's going on where this this mysterious villainous figure is roaming around the countryside doing horrible things and they find out that you know they're tied to it and they have to figure out a way to to stop him from doing more horrible things yeah um yeah i mean i yeah totally and you know the fact that i've 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 read some of the you know i've actually read the the comics that you gave me thank you for that by the way and yeah for sure i just see that you know he Derek is, you know, I, I don't know if he has like a little man's, you know, <laughs> I forgot what you call it though, but yeah, he just tries to get into a fight with his one um, dude. And then like, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I mean, spoiler, he gets his ass kicked. And... Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like he's so roughed up to the point where he passes out. He has to grow new teeth and get all his bruises fixed and all that jazz. And his friends are all like, what is, what's gotten in you, dude? I figure that's <laughs> that's some way to take out some of his frustration. Yeah, and um, speaking of side quest too, I mean, you have a great um team of talented individuals like Tobin and Rassicott and Alaire Rassicott, who I had him on the show before. Really amazing, and um, had him on a previous episode, which was a blast. And can you tell me like what went into creating side quest with um with that amazing team? I got super, super lucky that both of them were available. I had uh, worked with Alaire going back a long time. Like one of the first full-length comics I ever did, I recruited her off of Reddit, of all things, and we ended up becoming friends out of that. And she introduced me to her husband, and Tobin is just, he's not just a good 
letterer. He's a good storyteller, which is he's evident. In his, yeah, with his other books, which are phenomenal, both and all the, all of the the Rossico Kickstarters have been funded, and I think that's a testament oh, to how good they are. I, I've I've already had Pilgrim Sturge, and I'm gonna um find I've already found a crowd in Anchor, so yeah. It's, they're just phenomenal. So the fact that they wanted to jump on this with me, just, I was, I was pretty humbled by that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And also too, just the fact that, yeah, they're, you know, I didn't know that at the time that Tobin was a letterer though, but like, you know, I was <laughs> really amazed at that. I was like a letterer. Wow. You know, and you know, you don't really see, see the thing about letterers is that they don't get too much credit. I feel you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's something I sincerely believe that if you want to write comics, you have to try your hand at like all the all the stages of the process. Uh, if you can't draw, you at least have to try, so you get a sense of like how your artists are trying to lay things out and how something might look compared to mm -hmm. how you describe it. And I think trying your hand at lettering is good too if you can find a program to work with you because then you realize just how incredibly important it is to have seamless. Uh, seamless lettering just to make the story flow and I know a lot of people um, have said that lettering you don't notice good lettering but bad lettering can take you right out of a story and that is a hundred percent true yeah um, and like and the lettering is just like another thing about that I like about lettering too it's just that you know it, it like comics can't be comics without lettering I mean yeah. especially like with the sound effects or like I mean, that's what makes sounds in comics, first of all. Mm -hmm. And, like, also, even, like, not just with sounds, but just, like, with personality, too. Like, you know, for instance, if you are if you have C-3PO talking, you know, obviously, it's going to sound a bit robotic. Or if you have, like, um, the Joker talking, you notice with, like, if you read any of, like, um, the latest Batman comics, when Joker talks, you can see, like, the lettering's kind of, like, out of whack. Oh yeah, it's the stylization of lettering is just such to the benefit of modern comics. It it's just staggering. Uh, I'm in a chat on uh, Twitter with a couple different letters, like Justin Birch and Micah Myers, who are both Ringo nominated this year. Um, and hearing them talk about lettering and the things that they do like and the things that they don't like and how their process goes to just between those two and Tobin, I've learned so much about lettering and how integral it is to a good story. And what's cool about uh, Tobin in SideQuest as well is he knows how to structure like lettering to make a story work better. And I trust his input both from a lettering standpoint and a design standpoint because he's responsible for uh, the credits page and the, and the title design. His instincts are just really, really good. So I'm, I'm always up to his input in any form or fashion. Yeah, totally. I mean, I wish I I learned a letter shoot. You know, <laughs> it's not just like you know, it's not just like inking stuff. I mean, it's like placing you know the dialogue in a certain area, you know, or maybe making it a certain way. Oh yeah, and because you, you don't want it to be obtrusive, where it's blocking out the art, and you don't want it to be put in a way that it like your eye following it just doesn't make sense, and the captions are out of order in some way like that. It's yeah, it's it's more important than a lot of people realize, I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, going back to the characters in um, Crown and I mean in um, Side Quest, um, I feel like Derek, um, as as we mentioned before, he's a representation of how most of us want to escape the mundane and everyday of our society. 
Um, was it your aim to create a character like Derek to showcase that sentiment? Absolutely. I figured a mid-30s millennial is probably the most relatable thing for most readers right now. And just having that experience of going to a job that you don't like, but you have to go to, and having to make sure that you're responsible for all the things around you at home, whatever that means, if it's like a pet or kids or a spouse or a partner or whatever that is, like all that stuff, it just weighs on you. And it becomes, it becomes like you're, you've got this, have you ever seen Dragon Ball Z when Goku has to wear all those weighted things like wristbands? And like yeah. The first that's kind of what it, yeah, that's what it feels like almost. So you're trying to go through life wearing all these different weighted things. And I felt that whether it's reading comic books, watching movies, playing RPGs, you just need to slough that weight off and just kind of lose yourself for a little bit. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think... I think what we're going to see too, I feel with this comic is just that, you know, we might, we might be seeing a lot of like him just like trying to balance um, his normal life, quote unquote, with uh, his other, you know, his other life. And I did read um, from issue three that, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be a kind of a, you know, spoiler alert again, for those who haven't read, but it's going to be kind of a kickoff to that where he's going to probably have a little chat with the missus and all that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know who knows like how, if she's gonna even believe him because i mean he has like doesn't he have a ring that like kind of teleports him to the other world yeah it's the the ring is the the catalyst for that interworld transportation and uh in the fourth issue we're gonna learn like why that ring exists how it how it works and yeah he's gonna have to discuss things with his significant other and you know, get shit in order, mm -hmm. uh, which is, oh man, it was tough to write the fourth issue, uh, but I felt good about it because Alaire was uh, upset at me and happy that some of the stuff is going to be drawn. Uh, whenever you can get a, any sort of reaction from a peer like that, you, you, you take it and you're happy. Uh, but yeah, the fourth one's going to be a little painful and the fifth one's going to be really painful. Oh wow, readers beware. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't think I'd ever be in the position to feel kind of guilty about beating up your characters, but I feel kind of guilty now after all this time spent with them and it's like, well, yeah, no one really loves just happy ending after happy ending in a book. You have to have some crap to to uh, push the narrative. It's a part of the hero's journey. And mm -hmm. I also feel too that it kind of reminds me of like Walking Dead, um, where um, Robert Kirkman actually was um, feeling really down one time. It was around the time when he had to kill off Andrea. Mm -hmm. And he actually wrote about it on one of his um, letter hacks um, toward the end of the comic. And he was like, I think he was on a plane ride. And he was like, kind of like, he's kind of a crossroads like should i kill her should i not kill her but you know sometimes certain characters have to go through certain things in order to keep the story the story going oh and, yeah absolutely you know i think you know looking at that i mean i don't know if the story would have went the way it did had he not um killed off andrea i mean i, mm -hmm. I don't mean to sound morbid but you know and spoiler alert and even like killing off com rick grimes's comic book counterpart um you know, but then you, we see that with the show too, even where, you know, the, you know, the decision to kill off Carl, I mean, that was, yeah. a, that was a huge one. 
and then to have Rick disappear, it was just, you know, people were kind of thinking that it was going to kind of follow the comic. I mean, even though it hasn't followed the comic 100%, mm-hmm. like, it was going to kind of follow the comic. I mean, at least certain characters, you know, they thought Carl was, like, bulletproof, but it turned out you know, that wasn't the case because Chandler Riggs, the actor who played Carl, was going out to college. So it's like, how are we going to, you know, figure that one out? <laughs> Kill him, you know? So that's what they did. And, um, yeah, so... I can totally, you know, I mean, I'm I'm currently writing a story right now in my Nano Remo project, and that's one of the things I'm gonna have to struggle with because I love a, I love a good ending, you know. What I mean, yeah, I love a good, I love think good things going for my characters. So, but it's gonna probably come to that one part where, okay, someone's gonna have to like something's gonna have to happen to someone. They're gonna have to have a conflict, you know. It's it's a it's a part of the process. Oh yeah, it, and that's how a story works. Nothing happens, then it's not much of a story. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I was super glad to have Stephanie Cook uh, jump on as editor because mm-hmm. uh, not only is she a great editor, as evidenced by you know her 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 work in general, but she's a great writer and she has a great instinct for stories. And having her in little notes on in the scripts about you know this this isn't very much. There needs to be something going on, whether it's action or conflict or uh, something has to happen. I need background on this. It's all about just pushing the narrative forward. And it's a hard lesson to learn, especially for for like prose where you just want to (laughs) describe something. But then it's just like the scene is set. Something's got to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there has to be some kind of like pain or conflict. I mean, not that we like pain. I mean, no one likes pain. No, no one likes pain. (laughs) I mean, but there has to be some some of that because it's like without that, you know, how's the character going to grow, mm-hmm. and how how are the how is his, how are his or her supporting characters going to grow, and like mm-hmm. the story have much depth to it? That's another thing. Uh, and that's that's another thing that's been weird about this whole journey. This is the first miniseries I've written that's going to be completed. Uh, you know how when you just want to get reps in for writing you just write a bunch of stuff and sometimes it, it you plan out like oh this is gonna be a six inch issue series and you get maybe two or three in, and then you kind of lose steam but this yeah. is the first time i get to see one all the way through and being cognizant of all the different characters and what their motivations are and how they're gonna end up by the end of the the story i don't know man it's a lot to keep track of but it's it's all gonna pay off in the end and, you know, no one gets out of this without a scraper, too. Oh, no. I mean, it would be like, you know, having Empire Strikes Back without Luke getting his hand cut off. And Right. Yeah. And which was, hey, it sucked. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, at the same time, it's like, you know, it was a lesson that he had to learn. Like, you know, and also finding out the truth that Darth Vader was his father. And it's just, you know, it was like Yoda telling. And I think that's the reason why Yoda didn't want him to go to go to cloud city because he was like dude like you know you're not gonna only get your ass kicked you know i mean you're gonna find out the hard truth and you're gonna even probably be further down the you know but luckily you know none of that necessarily happened but you know (laughs) i think that's i've always taken it as that's why empire works so well is because it ends on a downer with the promise of something better and i figured that's what we're trying to do with side quests we want each uh cliffhanger at the end to not exactly be the best, but it's a downer with the promise of something better. We've got like that plot. That. 
yeah, and we've got that plot out for the next couple issues. Like issue four is gonna, I'm sorry, it's gonna end with a bit of a downer with the, but it's the promise of something better. And unfortunately, issue five is gonna be a downer with the promise of something better. Yeah, those are. I mean, in my opinion, like um, stories with a downer with the promise of something better always make the best stories. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, my story kind of starts off a little bit like that, though. But then, like, I feel now that now that you mentioned it, like, I think like I may need to add a little bit more of a downer, you know. I can't remember who it was. I feel like it was Robert McKee, who's a really uh, well-known screenwriting teacher. I don't know if it was him, he that said "kill your darlings," but yo, dude, you gotta rough up your darlings a bit. A bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, now go, still on side quests, like what actually inspired, I mean, I think you touched on this a little earlier though, but what actually inspired you to create side quests? Uh, well, I always wanted to make comics since I was a little kid. And um, for a long period of time, I didn't think that it would be something that I could really sink my teeth into until uh, fall of 2019, I got fired from my job at the bank that I, wow. yeah, I really didn't like. Um, it, but it was a weird transitional period because I had been contracted to moderate panels at the Grand Rapids Comic Con like a month mm-hmm. after that. So it's it was several weeks just being super depressed and not knowing what to do with my life or all these notes and stuff like that. Uh, and I went there and um, I ended up talking to a couple pretty well-known uh, people in the comics community and they gave me some really good advice and kind of gave me the the belief that maybe maybe I could do this so I I've been, I read a lot about story structure and stuff like that and uh, I don't know I just started writing the story that I thought I'd want to read and the story that would mean the most to me and then I reached out to people that I'd worked with before that I really enjoyed and thank god they all said yes and here we are. We're almost done with this. And, you know, we feel like there's big things on the, the horizon for this story. That's amazing, man. Like, that's that's an origin story in its own. You know? <laughs> <laughs> We're also pretty stoked that the first issue got funded because uh, midway through the Kickstarter campaign, lockdown quarantine happened <laughs> during the pandemic. So we're like, I don't know if this is going to go through or not. But thankfully it did. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, just like, I think the pandemic gave a lot of people an opportunity to like do things that they felt like they should have done a long time ago. And, oh, yeah. you know, especially given the fact that, you know, pre pandemic, everyone was pretty much like, you know, it was like a hamster on a wheel. But, mm-hmm. you know, since the pandemic came along, like, it, it was bad, but it was good in a way where it, it had people slow down in a sense and kind of like regroup and like re- reinvent themselves. I mean, I benefited a lot from the pandemic myself um, where I started to do more podcasts, um, explore my creativity more, um, stuff I never got the opportunity to do before. I mean, I was doing the podcast a little bit before the pandemic though, but you know, not as much as I am right now and even doing more writing and all that. Um, yeah. You can definitely catch my work on the daily planet where I write a lot of articles and blogs. So it's been great, you know, for the most part. It really feels like out of all the, the really super shitty stuff that happened in the pandemic, yeah. one of the small silver lines is that uh, creativity has kind of been rediscovered. 
And it feels like we're reaping the benefits of that now because all these artists had made albums and people have been relearning uh, musical instruments. Writers have had more time to write, artists have had more time to just work on their own stuff. And I feel like we are definitely reaping the benefits of that now, especially within comics alone. Because you've seen the amount of Kickstarter comics that are available right now. It's insane. And they're all really good. They're really good. And like, actually, it's funny, too, because even I spoke to a previous creator on the podcast, and he was saying that this is actually a great time for independent comics to be on the rise and all that. And, you know, I don't know if you heard about this, so, but, you know, especially with the news with Image right now, um, you know, I think they're like, you know, they, they're no longer able to do any second printings because of like what's been going on. But, you know, I feel like it's another way to get into the digital age of things because it's like, you know, these days who needs print? Mm-hmm. Print, like, I'm still, I'm a huge again, believer. I, I, I still like my hard copies, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's always been a joke with my family that I love to join up with dying uh, industries because my first like super grown up consistent job was being a, a sports writer for a couple different newspapers and print journalism was kind of going away. And then I, God, I <laughs> was a print journalism. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got a job as a producer on a radio show and radios are kind of, or radio shows are kind of bowing out to podcasting and stuff like that. And now I'm in comics and they're like, well, there's a paper shortage and distributor problems and all this stuff. But I, I, I still love print. I love floppy issues of comics. I still love going to the store and buying so, or supporting Kickstarters that have floppies. And as much as I appreciate yeah. digital and how affordable it can, it can make things, man, I just, I don't know if I, I don't know if I could just go straight digital. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like I'm the same way too because, like, you know, like you, I've also um, earlier I've also wrote for you know several publications. I've um, tried my hand at freelance writing, um, and I'm still doing some writing on the side. But just in terms of like you know postings on the Daily Planet website, um, I actually am a journalist for that um, whole website. We're trying to actually, um, we're actually trying to you know get Warner Brothers to make us legitimate. So for those of you who are listening, support us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know, like, you know, like, yeah, like with that, I mean, I think, you know, we as creators, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call it a dying industry. I mean, it's evolving, I would say. I, yeah, that's a much better terminology. I should use that. <laughs> that's what my sister always tells me, you know, I mean, when I felt down, it's like, you know, I'm in a dying industry. She's like, no, 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 dude, it's not dying. It's evolving, you know? Yeah, especially, wasn't it, I think it was Greg Pak and a bunch of other people on Twitter have been sharing the comic sales and how sales now for comics, including Kickstarter and, and independent stuff on Comicsology or Gumroad or whatever, comic sales have just exploded, oh, especially yeah. now that graphic novels are being bought on a more widespread level. Definitely. And I think, I feel like the um, mainstream creators are getting more into, into Kickstarter as well. Um, and yeah, we got like I think uh, Scott Snyder, um, Scott Snyder, yeah, some who created Bat, who was doing, uh, who did a run on Batman, and he's even made yep, a yep. comic, and you know, you got several others, and it's just yeah, you know, I think yeah, I think honestly, I think we're on a revolution or something. I mean, yeah, evolve, man, evolving is such a better term, because especially with Substack doing its thing and Amazon, I heard completely about Substack, in, yeah. And Amazon is completely revitalizing, or not revitalizing, but they're changing how comicsology is going to work. And yeah. Man, yeah. 
digital apparently is going to be the new uh, the new thing. I mean, as long as we're not on a stranded island or it doesn't end up like Walking Dead, I mean, I guess we're Because, <laughs> like, at that point, we we'll probably have to go back to print. Like, you know, yeah. the resources. I'm hoping that rebounds, though, because it'd be such a bummer not to be able to... Or having to deal with speculators, rather. Exactly. Trying to get first prints of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, um, what should readers expect from SideQuest? Uh, I think... It, it's going to hit people a lot more closely than, than they anticipate. Because uh, I know it's, it's like I said earlier, it's millennial angst through the, the lens of D&D. And they're yeah. <laughs> kind of relatable at this point in time. Uh, and gosh, yeah, I just hope they find relatable content. Uh, I hope they can connect to one of the several main characters. Because I tried to I tried to make them as diverse as I could just because I feel like, I don't know, as a straight white writer, I feel like I owe a lot to readers and fellow collaborators and stuff. And I, I want to do justice to everyone that I tr I've tried writing about, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I mean, I totally understand that too. I mean, I, you know, the whole idea of like, you know, I try to make my stories diverse too, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Cause you know, I grew up, I, I mean, as a black, as a, you know, as a biracial dude, I'm a black and white dude. I mean, I've mm -hmm. grown up and, you know, kind of felt like a little bit of an outsider sometimes and, you know, felt like I didn't really belong with a certain set of people, you know, like yeah. it's tough. And, you know, so I get the whole idea of like just needing to be everyone to come together, you know, and I see that a lot in um, side quests and stories like Crown and Anchor too as well. In SideQuest, there's this one character in particular that I found really interesting, and it was the cat by the name of, I think it was, if I pronounce it correctly, uh, Yellowin. Yellowin, yeah. Yeah, Yellowin was a really interesting character. I mean, it was like, you know, she, wasn't she born as a male cat? Yep. She's, yeah, a, yeah. she's a trans character, and yeah, there, I've got some, you know... I, there's trans people in my life that I care about very much. And I didn't want to have this character be done poorly. Uh, so I, I, I got some sensitivity readers. I wanted to make sure that I was doing the truest story I could for that character because it just, it meant so much to me. And I was so scared to, re to actually release issue three because I didn't want to make it seem like I was doing anything half-assed. Uh, right. I just she's arguably my favorite character uh, in this in this story because you know I had Ice Ghost do a a, a pinup of her because Ice Ghost art is amazing and I thought they'd do the best job for a Yolan piece. Right and um, yeah, I mean, and also you have like I mean, and you have like uh, Gratchin, the reptilian healer who actually turns into a uh, spoiler alert again. He turns into a were dude. Mm -hmm. And um, you hawk the turtle, um, Tareen the elf. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a bunch of diversity here. I f I feel. I'm hoping so, and and they all kind of fit a different, uh, a different role within the party because you can't have the same type of class character in a D in a Dungeons and Dragons party. It just doesn't. It wouldn't work that way. So I tried to give them all different classes and different abilities and different personality types and I feel like they're the type of group that you 
you want to be around or you want to play with. Yeah, you know, I mean, regardless of like, you know, your background and all that where you come from, I mean, these are your friends, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. they're almost like a second family in a sense. And I think I see that with um, the, with um, SideQuest too. And Derek sees it, you know, with his friends. And I feel like, you know, there's some tension between him and Tareen in a sense. And I kind of wonder too, like, are they two like crossing over to another world in a sense? Or, you know... Uh... One of the things I like the most about issue three is Alaire captured this one moment between them. Like it's yeah. there when they're awake before the rest of the group and Alaire just slowly puts her hand on his. And that is a relationship. I feel it's very important to the story because it's going to make everything hurt all the more once we, <laughs> we get further along. <laughs> Man, can you imagine a fight between um, Tareen and um, Derek's wife, whatever? Dude, it's, uh, that would not be ideal for anybody. No. <laughs> uh-uh. And, um, you know, speaking of the story also, how many issues do we expect to see with um, Side Quest? Uh, the, this arc is five issues. Um, I'm hoping that we get four and five uh, crowdfunded. Um. And if that if that works out well and is well received, um, I have a plan for a couple other issues after this arc is over over. Awesome, man. And like I mean, I, I think I expect to see, you know, I mean we, we readers expect to see like a whole lot of arcs too. I mean and uh yeah, because like I think this is like you know this is it's, it sort of reminds me of the Clone Wars, like where everything's just all supposedly innocent, you know, everyone's mm -hmm. learning about everything. But then when the second arc comes, it's like okay, shit's about to get real. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I like the most about comic books are callbacks to things that happen in earlier issues, and I've tried to plant a lot of things that can be drawn upon in four and five, and even if if we go beyond that, uh, and there's a lot of stuff I want to do payoffs with and i'm excited at the possibility of uh doing more awesome man so um yeah so um we're about to close right now and i was just wondering where will we where can we find you on social media uh socials i'm primarily on twitter um it's at grant and stuff and I guess if you really want to find my Facebook, you can, but mostly I just post <laughs> to make my uh, boomer friends upset. Um, and yeah, that's, and I have a website at grantstoy.com. Um, yeah, it's pretty easy to find me. I'm like almost perpetually on Twitter because it's, yeah, I have here. to break up the housework somehow. Somehow, excuse me. <laughs> awesome, man. And um, also, where can we find, um, so where can we also find your Kickstarter and all that? Yeah, um, the SideQuest 4 Kickstarter, uh, hopefully we can launch that maybe towards like after Christmas because holiday stuff mm -hmm. is just, that's not oh, going to yeah. be fun to try and launch a Kickstarter in. Uh, so either end of December, beginning of January. Okay, and awesome. Yeah, we're pretty pumped. And unfortunately right now that's about, the Kickstarters are the only way to get the, the comics. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure in the future they'll come up with some uh, like a, other way or another logarithm perhaps to like um, make us get the comics more, you know, because like I heard like some I feel like, you know, some 
some people are affected because of like the whole i think it's because of the whole supply issue going on mm -hmm. yeah because like i mean i don't know if some of the stuff comes from here or you know from china or whatever well thankfully the printer i've been using mixum have been really really good um they've done a great job with the side quest issues and we finished up the Yule anthology. It's a holiday horror anthology, and they did yeah, a fantastic I heard, job I printing about, that. Um, heard about Yule being a holiday, and you know, because of Harry Potter, me makes sense. Right. So a, a little side um, note: like I talked to my sister about it one time. We were talking about like because I'm I'm a bit I'm I'm a I'm a Christian, and you know, like yeah, yeah. I saw this post one time where shoot, you know, I think there was like a, one of my friends, you know really hardcore though she was like oh holiday you know, halloween's not a christian holiday you know and all that and my sister's like well what about yule dude you know and i'm like yule like isn't harry potter she's like yeah i was like well, what like she's like didn't you know yule means christmas i'm like oh, i didn't know that <laughs> oh yeah uh like christmas and and halloween they're all amalgams of several different uh type of the uh theologies or religions and yeah. It's kind of cool once you start looking into all the different myths surrounding the different uh, things that Christmas and Halloween kind of absorbed. Yeah, which reminds me, I got to I'm got I got re get to reading those Harry Potter books again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's almost the season. It is almost the season. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Grant. So, side quest. Um, when is um the fourth issue? Um, when are you planning to take out the fourth issue? Like around you said, like around December. Not December, but January, maybe. Yeah, more likely January, I think, just because holiday season is going to be weird, I think, for everyone this year, especially now that travel's opened up a little bit more. Right. So I'll be on the lookout for that, man. Like, yeah, so you'll be on the lookout for Side Quest uh, number four, um, you know, so that around the beginning of the year and mm -hmm. be sure to fund it. I mean, it's a really awesome story. Well, thank um, you. Yeah, and like it makes me actually want to play D and D right now because I never played D and D before. I mean, I played Munchkins, but I never played D and D. Oh, dude, you gotta try it. I I first played D and D when I was like thirty five, and that's pretty late in the game for a lot of folks. Yeah. But it's it's fun, dude. If you get the right group of people together, it's just uh, collaborative storytelling. This one person invited me too, but I never went. So it's like I gotta take him up on that offer. Yup. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for the podcast um, on, Earth, on the Earth 60 Comics Wire podcast. Grant, thank you for coming, and um, thank you all for listening. And as I always say, um, stay ever so awesome. This is Brian of Earth 16, and... What am I supposed to do? Well, just say that, you know, just say like you're Brent Grant or something, and you're signing out or something. <laughs> <laughs> And this is Grant's story. Uh, goodbye, fellow humans. All right. Take it easy, y'all.